Signing through CIDP to me means being able to do what you want to do and not what the disease is telling you you can't do. Don't give in to the disease. It's not easy, but I'm going to do it. And like I've told people, I may have CIDP, but CIDP don't have me. Sign up at shiningthroughcidp.com to get real CIDP stories and resources. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by The Strenuous Life. The Strenuous Life is an online program that we created to help you put into action all the things we've been writing about on Art of Manliness and talking about on the podcast for the past 10 years. We've done that in a few ways. We've created badges based around 50 different skills. We've also have weekly challenges that are going to put you outside of your comfort zone physically, mentally, and socially. We also have accountability for your physical fitness, you know, a daily good deed to get you thinking outside of yourself. Got enrollment coming up the week of June 15th. So if you'd like to be one of the first to know when enrollment opens up, head over to strenuouslife.c get your name on our waiting list. We'll send you an email and you can also find out more information about the program at strenuouslife.co. Brett McKay here and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, what do you think your life would be like if you try to live every single one of the more than 700 laws and commandments in the Bible? And I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments, but like those little small ones that, you know, are in Leviticus and it's just gets a passing line. Or how about if you try to read every single page of the Encyclopedia Britannica in one year? Or what if what do you think your life would be like if you tried to follow every bit of health advice that you you know you see on the news or you read on blogs or in magazines or newspapers? Well, our guest today has done just those things. His name is AJ Jacobs, and he is a writer. And he's the also the editor at large at Esquire magazine, and he's a self-proclaimed human guinea pig. Today, we're going to talk about some of these crazy experiments that AJ has done with his life, um, and that he's written about. And we're going to talk about what he's learned from these experiments, how they've helped him become a better husband, a better father, just an overall better man, some of the missteps and some of the more funny things that have happened from those experiments. And we're going to talk about how you can get started with your own personal life experiments and why you should do that. So it's a great episode, great information, and it's going to be just a fun conversation. So stay tuned. AJ Jacobs, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Brett. Great to be here. So you've sort of made a career for yourself being a human guinea pig. Um, you do these sort of audacious self-experiments, life experiments, and then you write essays for Esquire or you write a book about it. How did you get started with self-experimentation? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to tell it. First, I want to kiss your ass for just one second because I love the, your website and uh, – I was just looking at it today. I love the uh, the chest hair toupee. I mean, that is gold <laughs> right there. And uh, and then you had you printed recently uh, an essay from 1902, Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
uh, about uh, sissies and it was just <laughs> crazy and bizarre and I agreed with some of it and I found some of it incredibly offensive but it was wonderful to read. Well, I appreciate uh, that. And I got to I got to re- return the ass kissing because I've been a big fan of your work and Esquire and just your books. Um, I think it's, man, how long have you been doing? I think I've been reading your stuff since like high school. I don't want to make you feel old or anything, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I might've been it. doing that. So, well, that is fine. That makes me feel not old, but, uh, why yeah. has that? There you go. Trying to spin it. Uh, yeah. So I've been doing, uh, these experiments on myself for years. Uh, mostly they're self-improvement. I need a lot of improvement. And uh, I think one of my inspirations was this writer named George Plimpton, who was a journalist like in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And he would always do, he would dive in and immerse himself in his stories. So he joined a baseball team and a football team professional and played along with him. He got hit in the face by a professional boxer. I don't like getting hit in the face, uh, but I like the idea of immersing yourself. So I decided I'm going to try to to do this with every topic I do. So, you know, I uh, if I want to learn about the Bible, I'm going to try. I, I decided to spend a year living by all the rules of the Bible. Uh, if I want to learn about health, I'm going to try to follow all the medical advice in the world. So that's sort of the genesis of it. All right. Um, and and so how do you decide like which experiments you're doing? So you've talked about, you've done the, the live living a year biblically where you followed all the rules. You grew a beard, you, uh, wore like a white linen. I don't, I guess it's, I don't know what it would you call that. It's almost a skirt. Um, <laughs> the way it you describe a, it, a robe, a robe. There you go. That That's yeah. a more manly, that's, right. That's right. It's way very... to describe it. Um, now you're doing, Although I think I have heard the manly version of a skirt is a skirt. A skirt. Right? I've seen I... those. Yeah, it's something like, like a utility skirt, something uh, like something that. like that. Um, so how do you decide? I mean, it's just like you you see something or you read about something. And you're like, you know, that's really interesting. I'm going to go for that. Or are these things you've always wanted to do, or are they things that sort of come up in conversation? You think, hey, that would actually be a great experiment to try out. Most of it, it's got to be something I'm passionate about and I really want to learn about. Like uh, with the Bible, I I really wanted to learn about. I knew nothing about religion for my whole life. I I say in the book I'm Jewish, but I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. So <laughs> not very. But uh, and and with, same with health. I was in terrible shape. So uh, I thought this is the way to learn. And recently I I went to a lecture on 3D printing. I don't know if you've heard of 3D printing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was fascinated. And I was like, how can I dive into that? And my idea was. I'll 3D print everything in my life, my clothes, my furniture, my toothbrush. uh, And and it turned out I talked to some experts that would cost like half a million dollars. So I had to scale back a little and I did the first full 3D printed dinner. So four courses of of 3D printed food and all of the forks and knives and, uh, and my tie was 3D printed. So it's basically whatever is most interesting. I want to explore, and this is how I do it. Wow. So, yeah, that 3D printing experiment sounds like you, like, turned into George Jetson. Uh, you just, like, print the food did, That's pretty amazing. I felt it was very George Jetson, a little Star Trek thrown in there with a the replicator. Yeah, it was uh, It was fascinating. I, I mean, it is a, a wild thing, the 3D printing. My, I tried to do it myself, and my own attempts are very primitive. My, like, my fork looks like something a chimpanzee would use. <laughs> to uh, get termites out of a, a hill. But, uh, but 
the professionals, these engineers who do it, it's, it's remarkable. Okay. So it, it seems like just from like, just surfing the net and watching the news, it seems like self-experimentation is just like, a, it's like all the rage now. Everyone's like tracking every bodily movement function, their mood, how productive <laughs> they are. And they're tweaking things to see if they can improve themselves. I guess it's the whole quantified self movement. Right. And I'm a big fan of the quantified self movement. Yeah. Why do you think it's suddenly become a thing? I mean, why are people measuring and tracking themselves and why are they trying these experiments on their, their lives? Yeah, it is interesting that it has become a thing. I mean, I saw a few months ago, the onion did a, uh, a fake article about an app that tracked you whenever you pooped and it would, <laughs> it would tweet out to all your friends whenever you had a bowel movement and, and the details. So I think that, that you know, it's, it's easily mockable, but there, but there is uh, there is a movement toward it. No pun intended. And uh, I think one of the things that, uh, that appeals to me is that the science says that the more you keep track of things in your life, the more you quantify them, the more uh, healthily you will behave. So just uh, a simple one like getting a pedometer, that will make you walk more because you, you'll have a goal. Like My goal is 10,000 steps a day. And I I really want to get to it. It gives me a little, it gives me way too much uh, pleasure to get to 10,000 steps. I need to find <laughs> something more important in my life to be focused on. But, but I, uh, I love having the goal. And I also, I'm very motivated by competition. I think a lot of men are. So I'm on a website. I have a Fitbit, which links to my computer. And, and I have friends so I can see how many steps they walked every day. And, uh, and, you know, I, they can mock me if I didn't uh, get to my goal and I mock them. So it's a lot about humiliating your friends. So I find that very uplifting. Yeah, I got, I got the Fitbit too. I, I'm really bad about it. I'll let it like lose all of its charge and then I won't do it for a month. And then I'll, have to, I'll find it again. Like, hey, this is great. I want to do it. Um, and then I get back <laughs> on track. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've, I've read those studies too, that like when you track things, like uh, another example is money. When you track every cent you spend, you tend to spend less money and you're more wise with your money. Um, besides that benefit, are there, through your experience doing this whole quantified self thing and self-experimentation, is there a downside uh, personally or maybe even culturally or societally um, when you have all these people like measuring themselves and sort of being introspective like this and tweaking their lifestyle, is there a downside to that or is it all positive? Well, uh, I think I have heard a lot of people who have a, find a downside that if you are tracking your weight, for instance, every day and you lose half a pound a day, I, I mean, if you gain half a pound on Tuesday, like it puts you in a terrible mood for Wednesday and, uh, you know, your whole self-esteem is, is uh, tied to these tiny little changes. That does, that's not the way I work, uh, so luckily it hasn't affected me, but there is that danger. Um, I mean, I think, uh, for me, the positives outweigh the negatives. Like, uh, for instance, there's one other motivation I have with this self-tracking thing is, is their websites called, like, Charity Miles is one of them, mm -hmm. and, and they will you link up your Fitbit, and if you get to a certain number of steps they will donate money to a charity. They have like sponsors who will do that. So, I mean, I love that because if I'm tracking my steps and, and I don't get to enough steps, 
you know, I feel like a terrible per- person. <laughs> I like feel like I'm, you know, because I give money to Haiti through this thing, uh, you know, cl- fresh water to Haiti. So if I'm not walking, then I feel like, you know, God, I'm a terrible, I'm a bastard. <laughs> I am <laughs> like actually hurting people in Haiti. So uh, I find that very motivating. Very good. Um, so let's talk more about some of your specific uh, memoirs and life experience you've, experiments you've done. We've talked, uh, mentioned several times about your year of living, living biblically. Um, and this is where you live by every jot and tittle. Is that right? Tittle? Tittle? Yeah, sure. Jot and tittle in the Bible. Um, and Which I think, I may be wrong. Your listeners might want to, the tittle, I believe, is the cross on the T, right? And the jot is the, the I. Is it, that right? Or I am think, I making that up? I think, I think you're right. I All right. I think that's right. I just throw that out. Um, and one of the, the, I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, just sort of the, the things that happen in it. Um, cause it is, it is hard to live all these things in a modern world, but, uh, there's a lot of, uh, poignant, uh, insights that you got from the book. And the one that one that really hit home for me, and it actually helped uh, me, uh, write a blog post on the art of manliness was this idea is as you lived these, um, you're very, as you live these rituals, your idea and attitude towards religion or towards sacredness changed. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that um, experience, experience you had? Oh, that's one of the huge themes, I think, that runs through all of my experiments all of my life. How much behavior affects your thoughts, how the outer affects the inner. There's a great quote, I wish I had made it up, but it's by the founder of Habitat for Humanity. He says that uh, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. So this came about like in the, in the Bible, I would, I would act as if I were a good person, even though, you know, I might not feel like a good person. I might, I had a friend in the hospital. I hate hospitals. I didn't want to go, but I was like, you know, a good person would go. So I would go and it would sort of trick my mind. I'd see I'm in the hospital. Oh, I must be compassionate. And then you become a little more compassionate. And I think that that works in every part of life. It works in writing. You know, if I'm feeling like I don't want to write, I just start moving my fingers and typing whatever crazy talk comes out of my fingers. Like, you know, it can be about the coffee I'm drinking. But but you get into a rhythm and you sort of trick your mind and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm writing now. I feel more confident. And then you start writing a little bit um, more coherently. So for me, this is a huge thing. And it's run through several of my experiments something as simple as um as the way you you hold your body that has a huge effect uh i did this experiment on uh, george washington he he had 110 rules of life i you might know as a uh, and uh so he wrote them down as a young man my favorite by the way is number 2 his second rule this is number 2 was do not adjust your private parts in public <laughs> like no pocket pool which seems like it's a good rule, but you know, for number two, it seems a little maybe uh, maybe overemphasis. Anyway, uh, one of the things that he was famous for was his posture. He had amazing posture, so I thought I would try that. You know, the shoulders back, chest out, and it actually affected the way I felt. I felt more confident, more energetic. I'm doing it now, and. Uh, I'll tell you, he was way ahead of his time because there are Harvard studies now, a lot of them, that that the way you hold your body affects your mood, even your testosterone level, if you want to be manly about it. So, uh, and there's a great TED Talk on this, by the way, that's gotten like millions of views. I really recommend it, Uh, but it's all about the power position and 
just Google TED Talks, Harvard posture, and it'll pop up. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful principle for if people want to make any, like anybody wants to make any improvements in their life. It's just like, I tell people like, just do it. Just like start doing it. Cause I think a lot of people have this idea is, okay, well first I have to get motivated. I'll read some inspirational book. And then once I feel motivated, then I'll start doing these things. But like, it doesn't work that way. Wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. 
Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it, you can get, to me, it's like there can be a vicious cycle or a virtuous cycle. So the vicious cycle is, you know, you, you sit on your butt and you get depressed because you're not exercising. And then you get more depressed because when you don't exercise, you, uh, it affects your mood. So if you just take that first step and just like force yourself to, to do something, then it becomes a virtuous cycle and you feel better and you're like more motivated to do something more and then you feel better and it just becomes uh, a positive feedback loop. Also by The Strenuous Life. The Strenuous Life is an online platform that we created to help you put into action the things we've been writing about on theartofmanliness.com and talking about on the podcast for the past 10 years. And we've done that in a few ways. First, we created a series of 50 different badges based around 50 different skills. There's hard skills like self-defense, wilderness survival, orienteering, auto repair. And then there's also soft skills like personal finances, social skills, how to be a better public speaker, better husband, better father. We also provide daily accountability for physical fitness and doing a good deed, helping you think outside of yourself. Then we also provide weekly challenges. They're going to push you outside of your comfort zone physically, mentally, and socially. And some of the weekly challenges involve MoveNet. So if you like the MoveNet thing, it's interesting to you. Well, Strenuous Life will have you doing some of that stuff. If you like to know when our next enrollment opens up, which is happening the week of June 15th, but you want to be the, one of the first to know when enrollment opens up, head over to strenuouslife.co, put your name on our waiting list. We'll send you an email when enrollment opens up. When you sign up, make sure you whitelist our email and your email provider so the email doesn't go to spam. That happens to few people and they miss out. We've done everything we can to prevent that from going to spam, but take that extra step, whitelist us so that doesn't happen. StrangeLife.co. Hope to see you in the next enrollment the week of June 15th. And now back to the show. Excellent. I'm, I'm curious, do you still do any of the habits you picked up in a year of living biblically, or did you just discard all, all of those after you were done? Well, I did discard a lot. I mean, there was like, you know, I shaved my beard. Yeah. The Bible says you can't have a beard, so I had a crazy ZZ top beard. Uh, and uh, I did, uh, the Bible says you can't wear clothes made of mixed fibers, so I, uh, I, I don't do that anymore. You know, I, I went back to plenty. I keep, uh, I mean, one that really had an effect on me was this idea of gratitude because the Bible says you should give thanks. And, uh, I was giving, taking that literally. So I was giving thanks all the time. You know, I would press the elevator button and I'd give thanks to the elevator Came and I'd get in the elevator and I'd be thankful it didn't plummet to the basement and break my collarbone. And it was crazy. It was a crazy way to live. But it was also wonderful because you realize when you do this that there are hundreds of things that go right every day that we totally take for granted. And we focus on the three or four things that go wrong. So if you can even have a partial mind, uh, a partial shift in your perspective, then you can really start to see how miraculous it is, how much goes right. 
And uh, I've definitely tried to keep that. Very good. Um, let's talk about uh, your wife, because your wife often uh, plays a big role in these life experiments. I mean, it's hard not right. for her to. Um, and some of them involve her directly. Some of them don't. Uh, the one that involved her directly, and I think she appreciated it, was the one in your book, My Life as an Experiment, where you tried to be the perfect husband. Yes. Uh, basically just doing whatever she asked. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, it was funny, um, but what did you get it? Like, did your perspective about marriage and relationships change because of that experiment? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the experiment was called Whipped, and the idea was <laughs> it was actually suggested by readers because they're like, "You did such a pain in the ass to your wife. You why don't you uh, do a month where you just do everything she says?" And so I was her total doormat. Whatever she said, I did, and it was horrible. It was a horrible month. Like quite honest, it was like she was drunk with power. She was like, you know, it was. Kate Hudson movies were involved. It was just it was terrible. But uh, but yeah, there were takeaways. There were definitely lessons. Uh, I mean, one of them, I think, one of them is related to what we were just talking about. I would force myself to buy a present, because uh, like a, a little gift every day, because I knew she liked that, and well, that's what she wanted. And it didn't have to be big. It could be like, you know, a little... Uh, uh, I don't know, a box of paperback, uh, uh, one flower. and uh, But just the act of doing that, it made me like, oh, I'm giving a gift to my wife. She, mu I must love her. And then you sort of love her more and you convince yourself and it made our relationship better. And of course, she loved it. So it was, the, again, this virtuous circle where you, you're nice to her and she's nice to you and it, and it just improves your life. Uh, I will say it did have... A, there is one part of that experiment that has a continued negative effect on my life. I mean, our marriage is probably better, but my life is worse because we made a list of every household chore that we did and uh, at her demand. And I thought, honestly, I thought I was doing like 40% of the housework and she was doing 60. The real split was more like 1585 <laughs> and, and it was so and once we both saw that on the paper like you know i can never get back to that full 15 because she's like you got to do this you got to do that so um i think we are one of our many many delusions in life and uh, uh, at least mine is is that we think we do more than we actually do yeah i i, I I've, I've noticed that as well and i think um yeah, you always overestimate what you do, and you always underestimate like what your partner does. Right, and that that so always true. that always causes friction. And I think that happens in every marriage. Um, yeah, because you know what you're doing, right? Like you know, like you're keeping track of what you're doing, but you're not keeping track of what your wife's doing. Exactly. Really. I mean, there are things like, like uh, you know, we have the liquid soap, and I know I just figured it refilled itself. <laughs> I didn't know the bottles. Like I thought it was like a self-cleaning oven, and just refilled and. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I have to do it myself. <laughs> oh, so let's talk about some of these uh, moments where uh, you're, it was, you were sort of like a pain in the butt for your wife with your, with your experiments. Um, I mean, some of them were just like, it was like, you know, the, you're, you're living biblically. There was lots of moments like that. Um, but uh, any advice? Because like, I, I think I've encountered this, too, where I try these sort of like self-experiments. And it sort of, it, it sort of bleed, it sort of gets in the way a little bit of my wife's plans. And she gets kind right. of she gets sort of frustrated. It's like, oh, sure. know, do you have to do this? Like, what is going on? 
any advice for men out there who are like, you know, I want to try experiments. I want to try to improve myself, but how do I not have that tension uh, or create tension in my, my marriage or relationship? Yeah, that is, it's a challenge. Uh, I mean, overall, I think she is, she may not have been, but I think she is happy that I've done these experiments because I do think they've improved me in the end. Like, you know, I, I may have been a huge pain in the ass when I was doing the, the biblical book. She wouldn't kiss me because of my beard. Um, but I do think that she's happy. I'm more, I'm more grateful now. And I, I do think that I, I, you know, I covet and gossip and lie less you know i still do it a huge amount uh <laughs> but i like you know i've cut down 30 percent. so maybe just tell your partner you know it's for the greater good it, it will pay off in the end and also maybe somehow subtly remind her that you know it's interesting it makes life interesting i once read a short story i can't remember who wrote it about a woman who married this guy a method actor who you know he would she was like, uh, and she loved it because she every month she'd get a different. She, you know, one day she'd get Stanley Kowalski, and the next day she'd get someone else. So uh, maybe, maybe just subtly remind her it, it keeps life interesting. Frame it that way; it's good stuff. Um, so you're also a dad, and I think it's like you have all boys, right? Mm-hmm. You wrote an article about like, yeah, I remember the picture of you wrestling your three boys. I think. Um, yes, exactly. I hope they don't hate me for that. Yeah, one um, but I, I mean, have you? With your experiments, have they helped you become a better father in any way? I think so, uh, and I'm trying to think how. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will tell you one example uh, was during the year of living biblically. The Bible is very, in parts of it, it's it's very um, explicit in that you have to do corporal punishment. You have to hit your kids, and not even just with your hand, with a with a stick. You know, do not. Spare the child, spare the uh, rod, yeah. spoil the child. Yeah. So uh, I felt I had to do this, and I don't, it's not my parenting style. So I bought a, a, a Nerf stick, a Nerf bat, uh, so I would hit my kid with that when he was, he was like two <laughs> years old at the time. He thought it was hilarious, so he would go and run and get a wiffle bat and start wailing on me. And I was like, this is not the message I want to send. But I do think maybe it's that... Uh, you know, as a model, I think it's important to teach kids that uh, that a certain amount of boldness is important in life and that you have to take risks. And sometimes you're going to look like an idiot and you're going to fail a lot, which I do. I fail a tremendous amount. And that uh, you got to be okay with that. Uh, that's part of life. And so I think maybe that's where the experiments have made me a better father. Very good. Um, your most recent memoir uh, is Drop Dead Healthy, and it's your year trying to be the like following every bit of medical advice that makes you the healthiest person in the world. In fact, right now you're walking on a walking standing desk treadmill desk. I yes, I do. I love it. I still do that. Um, and uh, and I am going to break my ten thousand today. I nice. Feel Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Any any uh, like short tips from that that experience that guys can do today that will like radically improve their health and well-being uh well there are some things that that definitely changed my life i mean one of them is is just moving as much as possible you know uh, and uh you know exercise doesn't have to be at the gym you can just do uh 
you can do you walk, you can do whatever you love, like, you know, gardening. I, I don't like gardening. I find it incredibly dull, but <laughs> uh, but some men like it. And that's exercise. So so don't be don't think of exercise as just a, uh, you know, a, a car- compartmentalized hour at the gym. Try to think of your whole life as, as a, a, an exercise. And uh, and then just. You know, the, the thing about health uh, after this two years, uh, it really, it's really quite simple how to, we all know what behaviors are healthy. Uh, the challenge is how do we motivate ourselves to do those behaviors? Because it's really uh, the common sense that, you know, eating, eating whole foods, not processed foods, uh, getting sleep, moving as much as possible, not stressing, um, and not smoking. Don't hit yourself in the forehead with an axe. You know, these are, it's pretty, pretty clear. People try to make it complicated because that's an easy way to make money. If you say, oh, I've got the one secret that's going to give you the, the eight pack, you know, that, that's not, that's not true. And, uh, but it's but it's a way to make money because they're like, oh, I have a secret. Yeah. So just do simple things: move, relax, and eat whole foods. Right. I mean, for me, the secrets are, and actually, I just started writing a column about this for a website called Upwave, Upwave.com. And for me, the secret is how do you motivate yourself? Like, what are the tricks and strategies to make yourself do these healthy behaviors? That's to me the key, and and that's where I feel I've I've made progress and studied, uh, you know, found, and they can be they can be um, simple, they can be weird, you know. There's the leaving your leaving your workout clothes by the door so that you're reminded. Uh, it could be there are studies that show that when you are uh, thinking about your older self, that you are acting in a more healthy way because you're like. You can't when when you respect yourself, respect others. Uh, you should respect your older self. Think of your older self as another person. You know, treat that older self like you would treat a friend. So that for me, I actually I, I took that very literally, and I I took a photo of myself and I digitally aged it so that I looked like I'm like 82, and uh, I put it over my desk so that it's like. You know, think about that guy, trying to treat him with a little respect. You know, maybe uh, work out or, or eat healthy, don't have that fourth Oreo because you want him to be around. You want him to be able to see his kids get married and have kids and maybe the, their kids have kids. So to me, that that's one of there, – there are many motivating tricks like that that I write about. Very good. So you just mentioned Upwave.com. I mean, you uh, are the editor-at-large at Esquire. You've written these books, but now you're doing some stuff at Upwave. Can you tell us about what you'll be doing there? Is it more of the same? Um, is it going to be more health-oriented? Is it going to be just sort of a, a grab bag of different self-improvement things? Yeah, it's a very cool website uh, and platform, not just a website. It's going to be on TV as well. And it's it's all about health and fitness. And uh, And my current column is called Jumpstart. Uh, with A.G. Jacobs, and it's that's all about motivational techniques. Uh, so uh, the ones I just mentioned, for instance, or another one was oh, I there was I test out some apps, some health apps, see if they work. There was one that study that said if you are um, if you have background noise, just a little bit of background noise, like at a coffee shop, it makes you more creative. 
as opposed to total silence. So you can actually download coffee shop noises from yeah, the internet. Coffee, coffeeity, or coffeeity, coffeeity. Exactly. Yeah. You know about? It. Do you use it? I use it. Do I, you? I'm, I, I have been using it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, so I'll write about that, and and hopefully I'll be doing a web series uh, later in the year. Um, so yeah, that that's the kind of thing. But but it's a very good website because it it covers for you know the hardcore, the tough mutter people, but also just the you know the people who just want to get a little bit healthy and you know be around to for another uh, another few decades. Very good. Um, any uh, future plans for a big life experiments like the year of living I, biblically or do you got anything up your sleeve like that i am working on a new book i don't know if it's an experiment per se but it's about ancestry and and the and my my ancestors the history of humans and and my for the finale of the book i'm going to try to hold the biggest family reunion in history That's uh so awesome. i am hoping so i am uh, i'm excited and uh yeah we've got this guy, um, Morgan Spurlock, who directed mm -hmm. uh, Supersize Me, who I'm a huge fan of, he uh, he wants to produce the documentary about it. So that'll be my first documentary. And uh, I am quite psyched. And I'm trying to find relatives. And my idea is that everyone is related. We just have to figure it out. So please try to figure out how you're related to me. Sure. I, mean, I imagine you uh, checked out 23andMe, right? You... Yes. Yes. They've been hugely helpful. And uh I have thousands of relatives through them. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, I, I found uh, I, I I did that, and it's sort of bizarre because it's like Gattaca. So for those of you who don't know, Twenty Three and Me is like you spit into this thing and you send it to their this company, and they sequence sequence your genome. And part of the deal is like they'll tell you if you're related to anybody else who's submitted their DNA as well. And I found like a second cousin, so like we share oh, a yeah. great great grandfather. Interesting. Um, so. Um, and did you get in touch with him or her? I got in touch with her, um, and I have it hasn't gone anywhere though. I'm trying to get information <laughs> from her, like you know, hey, right. you know, what what is there anyone else I don't know about? Um, so it's a, it's a pretty cool. I'm actually gonna be doing a post about that pretty soon. Oh um, yeah, but it's well, a, I want it's to. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna check and see if we're related. Yeah, because I, be awesome. I did it. I mean, the interesting thing is, I um, I made my wife do it, and then we compared and we are cousins. That's I married crazy. my cousin. Yeah. That's I'm an crazy. reader. Pretty <laughs> about that. All right. So uh, AJ, uh, last question, uh, any final advice for men who want to get started with self-experimentation? I guess my big, uh, my only piece of advice is it doesn't have to be big. You know, you don't have to spend a year trying to live by the Bible and write a book about it. It can be just little things, you know, trying out new, uh, a different toothpaste every, every couple of weeks or going a different way to work. Uh, and, and there are studies that show that that is actually good for the brain, you know, trying to create new pathways in the brain and getting away from what they call neural ruts, uh, which are like, you know, the same ruts when you're cross country skiing and go on the same route. So anyway, you can mix up life. I think it makes it a little more interesting, a little more fun and, and it's good for your mental health. So little things don't, don't be, uh, don't think you have to, uh, you know, get a book contract. Yeah. Great. Well, AJ <laughs> Jacobs, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. I loved it. Our guest today was A.J. Jacobs. A.J. is the editor-at-large at Esquire Magazine. He has written several books on that you can find on Amazon.com. Just search A.J. Jacobs. Highly recommend you go check them out. 
uh, just very entertaining reads, but you also learn something from them. And he's also now a contributing writer at upwave.com. It's a lifestyle and wellness site that also is going to have a TV channel as well. And AJ's writing about, um, just research. He's discovering how to become more motivated to improve your life. Uh, so great content there and go check it out. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And again, if you are enjoying this podcast and you're getting something out of it, I would really appreciate it if you go to iTunes or whatever service you're using to download and listen to the podcast and give us a rating. Uh, that would help us uh, reach more viewers and uh, allow us to do more things with the podcast. So I would appreciate that very much. Until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. CIDP disrupts. CIDP derails. Let's be honest. CIDP sucks. But living with CIDP doesn't have to. When you sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com, you'll find inspiration and real patient stories. Helpful tips, reliable information, and more. CIDP can be tough. But finding hope just got a little easier. Sign up at ShiningThroughCIDP.com. Be heard. Be hopeful. Be you. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.